Porch Club podcast. I am your host, Jess, and today I'm joined by my friend, Dan Trumplett. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So Dan and I have known each other for quite some time, but we met through the Air Force Reserve. Um, Dan is... I feel like you've gone through a lot of career changes in the military, actually. So what did you start as? Originally, I was an avionics technician in the Guard, and then I was going to go down the cyber route when they switched to the MQ-9 Reaper. Decided not to go that route. I then switched to the reserves where I became a flight engineer on C-130s here at Niagara. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they then switched from the C-130 to the KC-135 straddle tanker. It's going the pilot route with them to kind of keep things short here. That didn't end up happening because I had asthma as a kid. And then I've since moved to Colorado Springs where I'm back on a C-130 and I've been there for almost three and a half years now. So okay, gone through three career changes, kind of, in a way. Maybe right. four, if it depends on how you look at it. But broadly speaking, mostly flight engineer. Yes, okay. correct. And you are still pursuing being a pilot just on the civilian side. Correct, yes. And then you work in cybersecurity? I do, okay. out in Denver. That's exciting. It can be, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of hard just from being exposed to to aviation at, at such a young age, professional age, you know, relatively speaking, because I've been flying since I was 23, I'm 31 right now. You know, it's it's hard to to scratch that itch to 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 take care of that that uh, that excitement drive that you get from flying. So, being in cyber, I find myself trying to find something that that is that exciting that I get in aviation, but also in cyber, and it's just not there. So yeah, they are two very, very different. They really are. It's, uh, you know, being in in the, the tech field is very monotonous and repetitive and boring, and it's the exact opposite in aviation. And I think that's why I'm trying to kind of exit that field and get back into aviation full time. Right. Okay. That makes sense. It's more exciting day-to-day operation. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Can't blame you. Um, so I'm excited to have Dan on as a guest because we're very different people. We think very differently. Um, apart from just being like a man and a woman, we're like politically opposite. But I value our friendship because it's always been very respectful dialogue. And like when we talk about politics, even though we're coming from very different places, it's always been like, I mean, I feel like we're both pretty good at listening to understand each other and we're not just like listening to respond and just trying to like change each other's minds. It's been very thought provoking conversations between us over the years. Right. I'd agree with that. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. (laughs) So it's great. It's, I think it's really important. I'm just going to throw this out there to everyone. I think it's really important to have people with different perspectives in your lives. Um, even just if to keep your mind open and heart open for different people. Like, it's important to have relationships and be able to be respectful and just love one another. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But it can also, like, broaden your own perspective. And just hearing thoughts from a completely different person that has lived a completely different life, it was just there's so much value in that. Right. Yeah, that happens to me a couple times a month, honestly. I'll, I'll have, say, you know, the way... <clears throat> the way I've thought of something for, you know, my whole life or something, but then have a conversation with someone and they'll word it in a different way or they'll bring something up in a way that I've never thought about. And it's just kind of help not necessarily change the way that I think, but just 
give me something else to think about when thinking about something, whether it's in you know politics or life or just career, whatever it is. And it's always good to have that open mind to to not just be against thinking of something different. Yeah. And I also think it helps to remind you of other people's humanity. Right. When you think like, well, they think this and that's the opposite of what I think. So they're the bad guy. Like mm-hmm. that's such a dangerous mindset. to just really kind of, like Because dehum- you are dehumanizing that person in a way. Like to just have that dialogue of they're the enemy or they're the opposition. So. Right. And just from doing all the traveling that I've done with the military and you, you know, both with and, and without the military, it's mm-hmm. really helped show me that just people are different. Yeah. They live different lives. They've experienced different things. And it's okay to be different and, and to live life differently than, than, than how you do. Absolutely. Just as simple as that, you know? Couldn't agree more. So should we just jump right into some controversial shit? (laughs) I say let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So we were talking on Instagram a couple months ago and Dan sent me a reel and, uh, this one is men evolve when they suffer. Heartbreak, betrayal, rejection, backstabbing, cheating, etc. One hard phase in life and their whole mentality changes. Suffering helps us evolve. So you agree with that statement? Yes. Suffering helps us evolve. Okay. Let's get into that. Because I, I have very mixed, I have very mixed feelings on this. I don't think that that's like the rule. I think when, I, I mean, everyone suffers and I think it can help you evolve. Right. I, I think it can also have you take a couple steps back or like regress in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just as a caveat too, I'm not like a hundred percent on this either. I would say I mostly agree with mm-hmm. some caveats. So whereas say you may mostly disagree with some, with some caveats. So I'm not totally spent, not spent. I'm, I'm not totally like, like geared towards this way. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what's your thought process behind that? So I... I don't think it's 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 possible to completely rid someone's life of hard times and yeah. experiencing those hard times and navigating through them. One will show someone, man or woman, mm-hmm. that it is possible to make it through to the other side. There is light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. correct? And doing so over and over, which may, you know, someone may look at it as cruel. It that that's just life, in my opinion. You know that that it just happens and. Being able to do so helps kind of harden someone and show them that it is possible to go through those things, say, you know, a breakup, you know, you and I have both gone through more than one breakup as with everyone, you know, listening and everyone in life. And just because you go through it doesn't mean that the next time will be, will be easy. Mm -hmm. You know, it will be easier, maybe sure, not by much, you know, it truly depends on the person, but being understanding how, how to go about navigating, you know, say a relationship Yeah. in this example, it just, it helps show, you know, one, like I said, you know, show you that, that, that you can do it and how you go about doing it, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, I, I go on a, a self-healing journey, you know, I, I go to the gym a lot or, I may, you know, pick up cooking more or whatever, like your coping mechanism is. I, I, I travel more, mm-hmm. you know, hoping no, no, like, you know, you know, like negative ways of going through like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up drugs or I'm going to go, you know, you know, do something crazy like that. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying go down that way, but you know, hard times create strong men and women in this, in this phase. Mm-hmm. And 
in my opinion, having someone who has experienced those hard things and have hardened in a way will help bring a partner through those hard times when they experience them together. Say, you know, you and a partner have a, a, a big fight or they experience, you know, you know, say both lose their job or something. Now they're going through some financial struggles, you know, you know, being able to individually go through those hard times or knowing how to go through those hard times will help strengthen that relationship and kind of, uh, you know, add some solidification and faith in that path going forward. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes okay. a lot of sense. And I definitely agree to to a certain extent that the more you survive, the more capable and confident you're going to be when you are uh, facing another circumstance that it causes you to suffer or just hard times in general. Right. Because you survive something and you realize, okay, I am capable of doing this because I have done this and I have survived. But I think... So, like, this makes me take it all the way back to, like, childhood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Because I think about every time I fall short as an adult, I'm able to kind of, like, trace it back to my childhood in a way. Because I still struggle with, like, setting boundaries and conflict because I was never taught conflict resolution as a kid. So, like, certain things, like, I suffered so much in my childhood. And I wonder how much more capable and strong I would be if I was taught certain tools at a young age instead of just being constantly in survival mode because that's what I like when I was a kid I was only in survival mode but my whole childhood was survival mode so I wasn't able to um build certain tools that you know maybe other kids with a more stable home environment could I wasn't able to build like certain communication tools I didn't know how to set boundaries and it took me a long time as an adult to figure that out and I'm still figuring it out so what do you mean by conflict rev- resolution? And I'm only bringing this up because I fortunately came from a a very, relatively speaking, stable family. I mean, yeah. you know, my parents had their fights here and there. We didn't grow up, you know, super rich or, or, or anything or, mm-hmm. or rich at all, you know, strictly middle class. But the one thing that, that I did have that I will forever be fortunate for is two extremely loving parents and loving to me and, and loving to each other. Yeah. So what do you mean by, by, by conflict re- resolution? Yeah, so... It boils down to communication. Okay. I, we didn't communicate as a family at all. So when conflict arose in the household, it was a very hostile environment, whether it was like physically or emotionally, it was hostile. Okay. And so like talking through our feelings was just foreign. I gotcha. Things like that. Yeah. I had that a little bit as a kid. So like, say like, you know, my parents got into a fight or, you know, dad is screwed or something, you know, his... His kind of way out would be like, all right, well, I'm going to go for a drive or mm-hmm. I'm going to go grab a beer or something, which I'm not saying is or isn't a good thing. You know, sometimes stepping away helps. Sometimes you need to, to right. like calm but, down. Right. But sometimes you kind of need to talk through those things, you know, yeah. be like, hey, you know, here's why I went wrong. Here's where, why I, you know, you know, responded in the way that I did. Here's why I was upset at you. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're both, you know, ways of coping in themselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think there's like, one right way to do it but there definitely are wrong ways to go about Mm -hmm. it um but so as as an adult because of like it is trauma as a kid that you are experiencing right my body will be sent into this like fight or flight like it'll freeze my amygdala will just it'll be hijacked and until my body stops perceiving this threat at hand, it's not gonna, I can't even form thoughts. And that's from my childhood. So I think like a lot of 
what you experience as a child comes into play as an adult and it it's either going to set you up for like easier communication easier boundary setting things like that or it's gonna make it really really hard for you to work through those things so i think suffering as a child can really set you back Mm -hmm. i think suffering as an adult i think that's easier to use that as like building blocks to um navigate life more confidently and uh with more strength so i think it's circumstantial in that regard so you're saying like if if you didn't have like that sturdy foundation as a childhood where you had where you were given those opportunities to build on those skills Mm -hmm. being able to do so as an adult is a lot easier is that what you're saying i think if you experience a certain amount of trauma and suffering as a kid sometimes when you're presented with challenges as an adult i think sometimes you get sucked back into those responses that you had as a kid and Mm -hmm. it's really really hard to break through those and work through them as an adult because they're like part of your coding now right so that's kind of my caveat there i think a lot of how we navigate life has to do with what kind of environment you were raised in um, and what tools you were given as a kid right i would agree with that and i think it's easier for me to be like well it's easy you know it's you know hard times create straw men or or this or that whatever you know buzz phrase it's easier for me to say because like i said i grew up in a in in a relatively stable household so Mm -hmm. hitting adulthood when you don't when you didn't have the opportunity safely or or in a safe environment you know to to build these skill sets is, is a lot harder you know when you hit that that adult age you know at 18 17 whenever you leave the house or you know what i mean yeah so, for sure so i would I, I would agree with that okay. for sure um i guess it just you know just depends but and at the same time you know when it comes to life you know, this is going to sound a little, a little bit harsh, but, you know, life doesn't give handicaps, you know, when it comes to that, you know, some people just get, you, you got to kind of learn to, to find the, the disadvantages you may have, or, you know, the, the skill sets that you were able to build on as a kid and, and, and build on them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You know, yeah. world's a ruthless place. You, you and I both, you know, experience it firsthand, but also seen in the traveling that we've done and, you got to make it work. Yeah. You know, That's and sometimes true. it's just not fair. You know, we, we, we both had situations like that, you know, whether you, you didn't get the job that you, that you wanted mm-hmm. or, you know, car broke down, you know, when it was cold out or something, you get stranded somewhere, you know, lock your keys in your, in your house <laughs> a little bit ago. This morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do have to, you have to adapt and overcome at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out where your disadvantages are. And Socrates once said, <laughs> The first step to wisdom is just to know thyself. Mm-hmm. And especially, this is why I need to get back into therapy and this is why I advocate right. for it because sometimes you just don't even know where your blocks are and what your it's so true. are. It's so true. Yeah. I've heard therapy is good. Not that I've... Have you ever been therapy? Have, I may or may not have. Okay. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've, heard it's, I've heard it's good. I've heard it really helps people. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure if I were to, to go, it would really help me out a lot. <laughs> Yeah, man, the military should make that easy. <laughs> you would, you would think, both military and in aviation, and and you know maybe we can stay on here for a bit. You know that's that's another hard thing too. You know, with how crazy the world is, mm-hmm. and the amount of help that people need, whether they realize it or not. You know, people in, in our peripheral, it, it can be hard to get that help, right? Which you know, because I'm 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 sure you've seen 
in your in your experience where people you know sh- you know suffered to, or struggled sorry to get that help mm-hmm. but just whether they didn't have the resources or they were denied that help and and, and it's hard yeah you know as, as someone has, who is both you know you know receive therapy and and seeing what it's like on the other side and and you know struggle to see people do the same yeah absolutely and i think just to like touch on mental health in the military in general like so many people don't seek it out because they are afraid of the way it will impact their career yeah they almost look at it as of like you're broken yeah. you know oh you're uh you're you know you got a few screws loose and you're seeing therapy you're getting therapy and you know well you're probably not clear to be in the the, the normal world or, or the the you know societies we know it and it's it, it's such a negative way of looking at it because i i think Almost anybody would benefit from receiving therapy in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. I think you know, everyone would. Right. Even from the, the, the person who, you know, at the base level is, you know, everything's going good. They're in a happy relationship, marriage. They had a good family. But maybe they're struggling with something even, you know, as minor as like, you know, a healthy image of, of themselves or something. Or, you know, maybe something with work and, and they're battling with, you know, having the confidence to do something or just being able to be confident, you know, in, in general. I mean, it's, it, 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 I don't, I can't think of any sort of situation where someone wouldn't benefit from it. Absolutely. And I've even if it's short term. Yeah. I've had friends that got engaged, like proactively do couples counseling. Right. Just in case, you know, just right. like to set that foundation for going into a marriage and they had nothing wrong. Like they had right. nothing to work through. It makes they you, were it, they bring up questions and they make you think of things that you have, that you haven't thought of. Yes. And in, in certain ways to just provoke those follow on questions. Yep. It's, it's so good from what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking, you know, just, you know, just from friends telling me that. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it is insane how certain career fields still discourage it or will punish you for seeking help. Like you should want your employees um, or, you know, your members, your military members, you should want them to be seeking out help to cope or work through things. Like I think there's we, we have so much, especially in the military, like there are so many troops that come back with like PTSD or like you know, they'll go home and they'll, there's like domestic violence cases and all that because you experience a certain amount of trauma, but then you're discouraged or you don't have the right resources to get help. And then we wonder why there's so many of these extreme cases or even like, can we talk for a second about this whole wingman accountability thing Mm -hmm. and how the military essentially takes the accountability of giving its service members help and shifts it onto the service members like being a good wingman definitely yeah like there's a huge suicide problem in the military and instead of pushing getting help they're pushing it on the service members themselves and they're like well make sure you're checking in on each other make sure Mm. you're helping each other prevent suicide like that's such it's (laughs) such a misnomer that that like say if i was having problems that i would just wear it on my sleeve that i'm just like walking around with like a a rain cloud over me where it's just like like flashing lights like i'm depressed i'm suicidal like it is so much more than that like so much more than that. right like like i've i had a friend of mine that i worked with at at wegman's years ago and he was the happiest guy ever he'd give you like the big hugs where he like lifts you up kind of shakes you around he's always yeah. at work early you know shoveling so we'd push carts together and then like right after the new year's on 
I think it, it was it was like January something 2014. Mm-hmm. Got the news that he took his life, mm-hmm. and you're and it was like one of those guys where you're like you would never think of him, yeah, because of just how happy he was, and it's it's crazy how just like what they see at at the base level. You know, me looking at the outside in, you have no idea what's going on in the inside. So while it's good to to check in with your with your your friends and and people that you work with, sometimes there's just no way to know. Yeah, you know. No, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, my mind just goes like Robin Williams. Look at that guy. Yeah. Like, he was the life, the life of the party and like the most funny, joyful person that I would have thought of in Hollywood. Um, so you really, one, never know. And two, like, how dare you put that responsibility and the blame? How dare you shift that onto like the, the other service member? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I'm not a trained psychologist. I'm not a trained therapist. Like, of course I should be checking in on my friends and my wingmen. Like, you know, there's a certain amount of community that like, I get that, the community aspect of it and just being kind to one another. But at the same time, I'm also not trained for this. Right, right. They should be more focused on what kind of a, what kind of health and stress problems are we putting our folks under that trigger these these stressful moments that that have them spiral down into, into depression and, and suicide you know well could it be the fact that they that we're sending them away from home quite often no it couldn't be that or how about that we're that we have a lack of funding so they don't have the equipment or the training to do their job no it couldn't be do that mm. how about it could be the the fact that there's a lot of toxic leadership oh going God. on in, in all sorts of 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 organizations. No, it couldn't be that. No. We need to have our we need to have them check in on each other and make sure that they're all safe. You know, let's let's take the accountability away from us from the top down and, and just have them kind of figure it out from the bottom up. That Absolutely. that's what they're focused on. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. And then if you do toxic I think toxic leadership in the military is a huge one. Yes. And I think it's worth like you could argue, you know, toxic leadership anywhere is awful, but like we don't really have an HR department. No. And if we, if you channel up your chain of command, like while well, I'm having issues with this person in leadership, almost I feel like nine out of ten times that comes back on you, <clears throat> and like you are the one who faces the consequences of just trying to vocalize that I'm having trouble or like I'm seeing these problems in leadership and command like that falls back on you and you can end up like ostracized from the unit or like not getting certain like trainings and like special TDYs and stuff like that. Right. Like it is such a game, like it's a hard game to play. Right. And I think like, like suicide and problems from toxic leadership, but also sexual assault tie together too. And I didn't understand this until I started to talk to more women about it or, or, when it comes to say like discrimination from, from minorities or from, Mm -hmm. you know, people, you know, black individuals or or whoever, like I kind of not turn a blind eye, but I didn't understand how much of a problem it was until I started talking to people individually. And it just, just my eyes are just wide open when I heard some of these things. And these were, this isn't like from like seventies or eighties. Like this is from like 2019, 2020, you know, not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy that, that these things are going on. So really is it is heartbreaking i have seen i have seen firsthand like friends have to leave units because they have reported sexual assault and it turned the whole unit against them yeah and instead of saying i am so sorry that you experienced that we're gonna get this guy out of here or whatever 
it's essentially like, well, this girl is just trying to ruin this guy's life. Mm-hmm. And it's devastating. Yeah. It, like, the way that sexual assault is handled in the military is so fucked up. And it's and it, it it's discouraging for, like, it's discouraging for me to, like, if I get sexually assaulted, I would feel very conflicted about reporting it. And right. that should not be a thing, you know? I couldn't imagine what it feels like. I, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. Because that's the vast majority of it is, is you know, the, the effects are, are carried by, by women and, yeah. and I, I couldn't imagine. And you're not wrong either. It's, yeah. it's sickening. It really is. Yeah. Well, we just went down a big rabbit hole. I just, yeah. So circling back to hard times create strong men. So how do you define strength and weakness? Like what is a strong man to you versus a weak man? Because I feel like this is also... A definition that varies person to person. I think a strong man <clears throat> or woman, because it it it, <clears throat> it really doesn't depend on the gender in this scenario. I would say someone who can face adversity mm. and not automatic automatic automatically just shut down. You know, say say this house caught fire. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who just kind of freaks out. I don't my god. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You know, someone who can look at that and be like. Oh, well, there's smoke coming out of electrical outlet. Okay, well, you know, put that out or, you know, go flip the circuit breaker or, or your Christmas tree got caught fire or something. Okay, well, you know, we need to freak out over that. But like, all right, you know, the whole house caught on fire. All right, well, let's get out. You know, what's the easiest exit? Well, that front door, we could usually go out, but if for whatever reason, that's on fire. Well, I can't go out that way, you know, find another way, you know. Someone who can keep calm, cool, and collective in a stressful environment, whether it's something like that or... You're walking on a road and, you know, you got a fishy person coming up and they're trying to rob you or something or, yeah. you know, or even, and, you know, economic problems or you know, things like that. Someone who can kind of kind of maneuver their way through difficult times without just freaking out or, or shutting down. Okay. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. And it's, it's important to me for me to, to reiterate that it's not just a man here too. you know, this yeah. could be really anybody, whoever yeah. it is. Yeah. I love the question with man because no, of that's that. Okay. that the cliche the term. phrase yeah yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah 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 okay so if that's your definition then i can see why that phrase makes sense to you because i think the only way to be truly like calm collected and tactical in situations of extreme stress is to be faced with right. situations or not stress. even necessarily like like i'm not saying that like i would be i would be calm being robbed on on the streets i've had it happen before but you know maybe i've thought about it before i i have a plan you know to you know way you know where you know i i you know i can mitigate that happening by just not going down those areas at night or you know say you know if it does happen well you know i'm one that carries a pocket knife on me or or something else or or something and that just you know i i i have a way out you know or or a way of of de-escalating or or uh neutralizing that that bad time whether it's a fire or or some other just bad event yeah okay okay no that makes a lot of sense and i think there are i think i'm less fixated on the definition of strength as i am on the definition of weakness because i think there's so many ways to define strength like someone who picks themselves up and leaves a toxic relationship i think that's one of the strongest things you can do very strong like there are so many ways to display strength and it's not even remotely just physical it is like overcoming adversity as you mm-hmm. said it's finding the strength to, to 
reinvent yourself to leave toxic situations absolutely sometimes it's even just finding the strength to get up and out of bed when your whole body is just screaming to give up you right know? so strength varies and it takes so many different shapes but what's your definition of weakness mm, someone who my definition of weakness would be someone who Someone who, who isn't able to take care of their loved ones, whether it's, you know, their parents, their kids, their, their wife, mm-hmm. even when they're under stress themselves. Okay. So say, say if I live with a sick family member, say if I'm living with, you know, a, a sick grandparent or, or something and, and they rely on me to feed them their medicine or something and say... If I, you know, am, am sick, if, you know, if I, you know, have the cold or the flu or, or, or something, this isn't exactly a bad example, but not being able to, to fulfill your, your obligation to take care of people mm. and, and, and whatever term that is, whether it's, you know, me physically taking care of a sick person or being able to provide, how about, you know, that, that's a better word, provide. Okay. Um, you know, cause I, I believe that you always have that obligation. Yeah. Okay. I see. That makes sense. I think when I think of a weak man, um, or person, I should say, but I'm, I'm fixated on, on man because mm-hmm. there's this, like, there's a lot of verbiage thrown in our culture around weak men and strong men. And right. I think, like, men and women kind of perpetuate that, but I think it was this model designed by men. Um, I got to go to one right here. Yeah? A weak man, and, and I think you'll actually very much agree with me on this one, a weak man is someone who cannot, who cannot manage or or take care of their negative emotions so say like if i come say like you and i were together and i come home on a very stressful day and and if i'm not able to leave those at the door or be able to diffuse those emotions and i then take them out on you whether it's you know some sort of a yelling or even some sort of violence or anything that is a weak man okay through and through okay no no questions asked I can that is a weak man. Yeah, I can agree with that. That's a, I don't even like the term weakness, <laughs> like weak man, like weak, because if I feel like we were talking about this earlier, I feel like that creates this environment of shame, and I don't think that you can shame those type of men should be shamed. Yeah, those type well, of men should be shamed. You think so? Yes. I because I want them to change and do better, and so I don't. I know. do too. <laughs> so but they like, still need to realize that they're fucked up. That's I guess you do. There, yeah, there needs to be honest conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. But if I had to define a weak man, that would be it. I, it would be someone who hurts others yes. because they can't, they can't face themselves, they can't face their emotions, mm-hmm. and they can't work through them, so they hurt other people. That is my only definition mm-hmm. of a weak man because I don't think it has anything to do with your physical strength. No. I don't need you to be able to protect me, mm-hmm. you know, physically. That's mm-hmm. like I'm not You don't need to be weak. physically strong to be a strong man. Not no. at all. Yeah. I think I think you you have better shots at being a strong man if mm-hmm. if if you are some sort of physical shape, but you don't need to be. Yeah. I yeah, I when I think of weakness, I think of someone who harms other people. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Right. <laughs> so I can agree with you there. Okay, cool. Actually, I was about to even going going here, but I I think it'd be good to have a little bit of a controversial statement. You said just a bit ago that you know you don't need someone to protect you, and and I'm not saying that you do, but 
I also think a weak man is someone. So say a man is walking down the street, you know, with with their lady or or, or man, whoever, yeah. and someone, someone, you know, goes up and mugs them, or you know, and if and if they're not in in, in the physical shape to to protect them, I'm not saying that that person is then weak, but I think they have an obligation to provide that protection, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, you know, individually, you know, say if like their partner is able to cool, they can too. But from a man's standpoint, I, I think, and it just, I think it just comes from a, a, a natural or not a natural, a deep rooted obligation to provide that protection. Okay. In okay. a way, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of, of a better word for it, but not like old school, but like a, deep-rooted just obligation that's I, that, that's really the, the, only, the only word that i can think of and and i think of that every time i because like we were saying before you know i i used to be very much out of shape i could be a little bit better now but i'm i'm, I'm down still down you know 50 60 pounds from my my heaviest and i think about that whenever i start to kind of veer off the path or whenever i start to you know work out less you know i I need to be in, in some sort of a shape that allows me to protect myself and others in the event of that situation where I am faced with needing to, you know, whether it's, you know, being on Colorado, say, you know, mountain, the wilderness and mountain lion comes out of nowhere yeah. or, you know, in a area that I shouldn't be in, in, in a city or something. And, you know, someone tries to mug me or, or, or whatever, you know, I don't think that, being out of shape is an excuse to not provide that protection, even if it's for yourself. Right. Well, so... Oh, thank you, Alexa. Something just got delivered. Um, I think you can take gender out of that, too, though. Right, like, absolutely. Like, if I'm walking down the street with my friend and they get attacked, I'm not just going to sit idly by, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hey, like, you know, th- hey this, this is your thing. You know? Like, I'm actually not a man, so I can't yeah, right, yeah. here. Absolutely. <laughs> like, whether, even if it's as simple as, like, getting help or, like, calling mm-hmm. the police if there's not much I can do. But, like, I don't know. I feel like something's going to kick in where I'm going to jump on the attacker or something. I'm not going to yeah. let my friend be <laughs> brutalized. Right. But, um, and, like, you mentioned going to the wilderness you know what being able to defend yourself if you see like a wildcat or something i think a lot of it is just like and i'm also not going to beat a mountain lion in hand yeah no there's not many people that can do that (laughs) but like a lot of that is like being situationally aware and like being wise about your surroundings Mm -hmm. um but yeah and i do think there is some kind of like biological you know like if you are biologically more capable of protecting then like sure there's probably that instinct in you where it's like yeah okay i can i can protect you so i will protect you or you know like i get that there is some biology that goes into it and some like evolution psychology you know Mm -hmm. it's like we're animals at the end of the day with instincts but um i don't know i think you can take gender out of that as well right and also like being being in, in a stronger physical shape, you know, doesn't mean like then putting yourself in situations where like now you're starting fights okay. and now you're like yeah. looking for those fights to like to like win and like, you know, beat your chest and improve yourself. No, there's there's not that at all. No, I think that's a weak man, too. I was just going to say, I think that reeks of insecurity. Yes, and low self-esteem. I have nothing to prove to anybody in, 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 in physical in, in physical fitness. If someone wants to try and fight me, sure. I'm not, I'm not going to do it, but if you, re- <laughs> if you really feel that way, fine. I'm out of here. I got nothing to prove to you, dude. Yeah, I think that's very telling of where you stand with yourself. Right. I don't care. 
one, I just, I don't want to, and yeah. two, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's I'm, not. I'm, I'm very much in control of my emotions to not feel that need to, to get in a physical fight. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, do you want to pull, <laughs> I'll pull some cards here? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, let's try this one. Name one thing you could do to edge your life in a more desirable direction. Be more physically fit. And I'm not just saying expert talk about that before. I think I think working on your physical fitness one is healthy for your, for your body and 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 a broad spectrum of ways. Yeah. But it also builds discipline that that you need in life. It's being able to get out of bed. It's being able to you know to study towards a certification or you know something for whether it's career or personal growth. Yeah. It's and a lot of those skills are built in fitness and nutrition yeah it really is it's being able to recognize that you are you're trying to that you want to be in a calorie deficit you're trying to lose weight so you know maybe indulging on those christmas cookies are a bad idea and i'm not i'm not saying avoid them you know you know full on and we can even talk more about this if you like too Mm -hmm. because you you do need to enjoy life you know life isn't fun is isn't isn't meant to be just fully you know on the path you yeah. know as, as Jocko says or to just always stick true to your diet because I I have cheat days I've had a couple of cheat days you know mm-hmm. here but that doesn't mean that you need to go and then eat you know twenty three cookies and you know fourteen slices from Franco's or whatever which I'm probably gonna do while I'm in town <laughs> but true. um but like to to kind of have those goals in mind you know. And, and, and like I said before, you know, nothing, nothing tastes as good as, as being in shape feels it's, mm-hmm. and it's so true. It's, I, I never understood this until I went there because I was, I was never in, in a, in a, in a physical shape that I wanted to be in, but it, all of my insecurities and a lot of my anxieties stem from being out of shape. Mm-hmm. It really did. And it, and I didn't understand it until I, I then got in shape. To where I started feeling better mm-hmm. and it made me want to do it more and more. But back to the little discipline thing, you know, all of those are, are learned and built by being in shape and you don't need a gym for it, you know, so it's free. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you know, granted, you know, healthier foods cost a little bit more from the grocery store, but, you know, you can, you can do crunches, you can do, you know, pushups on, on the floor here mm-hmm. or, you know, just, just, just loving your body. And loving your body isn't isn't overindulging in food. It's eating the right foods, you know. Put up, but like I said, but also, also, you know, having those those cheat meals to, to enjoy those foods too. Yeah. Um, but that's body love to me, and yeah. and all those skills can really be applied to so many other areas in life. Absolutely, I love that. That's your outlet um, to finding that structure and growth in your life. For me, I think I'm finding. My, my saying is all things in good balance. So I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't follow a diet. Um, previously when I did, it wasn't a very healthy mindset for me. So it, it just wasn't right for me. Some people thrive with like counting calories and macros and all these things that I think go beyond me. Mm-hmm. For some people, it, it's just like, it can become too much and it can lead them down a really unhealthy path. So I think... It's, and you don't even need to count calories. Cause like I do yeah. that right now, but I've done it so long to where... I could also just go off of just how I feel, really. That's I guess I, if that's what we're if that's the metric here, then I guess that is what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like, I I can't turn 
exercise and diet into a science for my own well-being for me because it's never a one-size-fits-all. What never. works for someone is not going to work for someone else. Correct. Well, it can, but it's not going to work for everyone for sure. So I've found this really good balance in my life where I, I do love my snacks so much, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also enjoy my healthy meals. Um, and I do, I don't have a gym membership. I do yoga and lift small weights out of my apartment. And I just, it is entirely like just feeling good in my body. And for me, it used to come from a really unhealthy place. And I used to chase these really, it was like chasing this self image, this, um, it was all physicality and like how I looked and that's what it was. And now I've moved into this place and if that's some people's motivation, that's fine as long as you're maintaining a healthy mindset. But I could not maintain that healthy mindset. So I moved into a place where it's all feeling-based. Like, how am I feeling my body? And also, like, like I was talking earlier with you offline, like, I want to be able to do more things. I want to be able to surf better and snowboard and ice pick up a glacier if I want to do that. So right. for me, I'm working to build strength specifically so I can do more experiences in life that feel... Like, I don't know, I'm just feeling called to do. Which, right, fulfilling. Yeah, fulfilling, mm-hmm. yeah. So it boils down to what you want out of life. But for just, like, discipline and building healthy habits, for me, where that shows up strongest, aside from, like, doing yoga every day, I wake up and I make my bed and I mm-hmm. wash my face. But, like, making my bed, something about that has, like, changed everything for me. Because yeah. when I make my bed, it makes me want to... Now I made my bed. Now I'm going to go do the dishes that I left last night. And right. It's that momentum before. that yeah. I was talking about earlier. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like starting your day yeah. with something intentional and productive. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm intentional about having a zero productivity day. Like mm-hmm. I'll just sit and read yeah. a book for the whole day. I've day. had those. And that feels but good like, too. For me, like, because like I've talked to people about this before. Like they've, you know, there's one person, you know, she's been like, you know, why do you just like, just like chill out, watch TV? Because like, I can't, I can't just sit still. No. Like, because like, I, no, I can't. Because, like, I just, I, I feel like I'm not wasting the day away because that sounds like, like a very negative way of looking at it. But, like, I I I feel good when I'm productive. I feel good when I'm getting stuff done, whether it's, like, like I, like, I could, like, sit down and, like, read a book, but, like, not, like, watch TV. Like, mm-hmm. a, like I just watched the, the, the next season of, uh, of uh, The Ozark. Have you watched that one? It's I never really finished good. it. I have like three episodes left. It's so good. Okay. It's, or no, not Ozark. I watch that one. Uh, Outer Banks. Oh, I love Outer that's, Banks. Uh, Do you watch the third oh, yeah. season? So oh, yeah. good. <laughs> love that, that one. Like a day. Yeah. That's the, another reason why I want to live on the beach. That's or like that. It's, it's so nice. Anyway, but like, like I, I know it sounds toxic, but I, I thrive off, off of productivity. I really do. Whether it's, you know, I may not want to go to the gym, but I'll go walk. All right. I'll go walk a couple miles or read a book or work on some prep, go learn something like, like to me, that's, that's product, that's productivity for me, but it's also relaxing for me. Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't do that good relaxing by just sitting and watching TV. And so here's the thing that only becomes toxic when you try to make that the standard for everyone. Right. Exactly. If that's how Absolutely. it works for you, then that's Absolutely. wonderful. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't thrive that way. I see. I really thrive best in balance. So right, and I don't think a lot of people thrive in the way that I do. I, I really yeah. don't. But that that that's how I do it. Yeah, and, and it feels good for me. And that like at the end of the day, that's what life. Life is just finding what works best for you mm-hmm. and not projecting that on someone else. So like, because I I do know people that constantly need to be doing something, mm-hmm. and that that's totally fine. And then for me, I like to. 
be productive for parts of my day and then I like to have periods of rest in between and then every night I do usually <laughs> end up watching a movie or some TV shows mm-hmm. while I edit my photos because I you know I yeah. like to have some background noise but like that feels really restful for me and if I have a day where I'm just out and about or I'm just like doing something after the other I'm exhausted and then the next day I my drive is really low so mm-hmm. for me it's like all about the balance whereas I think those are the only days where, like, I can actually, like, feel, not productive, but, like, feel truly comfortable just, like, sit down and watching TV are those days where I just, just fucking made it happen. Yeah. Where I was, I was up at four for whatever reason. I had to drive out here and go get this done. I helped my buddy out with this. I worked out. I went for a run. This and that. I got this cleaned up. Or I'm just, like, you sit down at 7 p.m. You're, like. I really got some stuff done. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to order a pizza or I'm going to go watch you know, a movie, which doesn't happen a lot for me just cuz I'm usually not at that level of productivity cuz it takes a lot of energy and I just I'm usually usually not that pressed for time where I I need to get it done in in, in that sort of amount of time, but yeah. those are the days where I can actually sit down and be like, "You know what? Fuck it. Sweatpants are on. I'm going to go watch a movie and okay. just kind of just chill out." So, I'm not saying it never happens to me, but but like and those are the days where I'm like where I don't feel guilty at all. Mm. Like, it's, I just feel like, you know what, I'm going to eat this Little Caesars pizza and feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. So I, I do get there. Little Caesars is what's up. <laughs> so we really have a lot of power. you're not living in Western New York, yeah. your options are limited to But like, when it comes to like, like fast food pizza, their feet, their, their pizza is good. Yeah. I, I like it. Okay. I do miss my Franco's, my good guy. So, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I you love know. the pizza out here. The pizza is my downfall in Western New York. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty intentional when I eat bad food. <laughs> My intention is to just Same. eat bad food and feel yeah. good about it. And the it. reason why I was so big when I when I was, you know, out of high school, college, and, and everything is because I didn't have any portion control. I would eat until I'd just be stuffed. And okay. that was my problem. It wasn't, it wasn't oh, it's, I was fat because I ate pizza. No, it was fat because I would eat the whole pizza. Mm. That would be it. And there was no, like, portion control. Mm. So I would eat 3,000 calories in, in a meal. And I, I didn't have any understanding of calories or macronutrients at all. Okay. So it wasn't until I went overseas in 2016 where I really kind of got all that under control and started understanding nutrition and learning my body too. Yeah. And learning how my body processes carbs over fats and also, and understanding the importance of getting your protein in to take care of that 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 appetite, mm-hmm. that, that satiating feeling that we always want to have to feeling full because when you eat a lot of junk food you know it tastes good in the moment but then your body craves it more early on and it it really doesn't make you feel full Mm -hmm. like like that fullness feeling that you get when you eat you know some chicken thighs or you know healthier pasta or 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 what have you you know though that that whole food yeah you know when you look in the back and on the on the nutrition facts and you in in you know if it has more than you know, five ingredients, eight ingredients or whatever, and you can't pronounce two thirds. Oh my you God. Know, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's also like, like maybe being full off of whole foods, like it'll help sustain that fullness longer. Yeah. And, but also like, it, it's like a lighter full feeling, it is. if that makes sense. Like I can right. still go about my day. I don't need to like, I don't feel sluggish and feel like right. I need to take a nap. And also like having... Having like a croissant over in France or Portugal or wherever you're at is different than having one here. Unless you go to like yeah. like really good bakeries that we do have here. 
You know what I mean? I, I, I know you go on a whole rabbit hole about oh, the things yeah. that America allows in our food. It's ridiculous. It's, so it's sad. wild. Yeah, and that's just like one of many reasons why <laughs> Europeans are way healthier. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so true. It comes down to like a lot, so much of health. And I actually studied holistic nutrition very, very, very briefly. I did like mm-hmm. a little certification course that I never ended up finishing. But um, I never realized growing up, I always thought it was like more physical activity but it is majority what you put in your body yeah and more so for women than for men yeah like 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 how much crappy food you know messes with 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 women's hormones yeah and all and all you know times you know down to like the pesticides that we are allowing our farms to use mm-hmm. that are banned in the majority of every other western country yeah <laughs> you know? right it's so true it it's, really is it's it's it's, it's, it's almost frustrating mm-hmm. for me just realizing and learning the type of quality foods that we are, that isn't allowed in, in our diets, you know, period, per se. Yeah. Or, or, or how important it is, you know, to then support local farmers, you know, for, for meats or for vegetables and, and understanding actually how beneficial eating organic foods are for you. Yeah. You know, not just the, the frozen bags that you get at Walmart or, or the, you know, the non-organic, you know, in, in the produce section, you know, we may not realize it now, like, like in, in a short term, but that does have a long-term effect on our health. A hundred percent. This is where, this is like the topic where I start to get a little conspiracy. Oh, same. Right? Same. Because it's like our, our industrial agriculture is for sure in bed with like our pharmaceutical and like healthcare, yeah. you know, industry here. Like it is so profitable to keep Americans sick and treat mm-hmm. their sickness rather than being preventative with it. And like, I don't know. I just think. I think there's a lot of evil going on here. <laughs> I truly do too. Yeah, okay. I really do. Absolutely. Like it seems really intentional. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it is upsetting. Things like that, when I get into topics of like big pharma and animal agriculture in America, this like this is where I'm like, all right, I'm going to pick up and move to the Nordic countries yeah, or right. something. Yeah. yeah, go get a farm on Sweden or yeah. Norway or something and just kind of live off on your own. Yeah, yep. Or even like like England. Oh my god, yeah. There. It's still yeah, the quality of living and food and like the way that they take care of their people there and actually care about the health of their mm-hmm. population. Yeah, when I when I think too too hard about it, I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Mm. <laughs> oh, but that's kind of rabbit hole. Yeah, right. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Okay, let's pull one more card and then we can wrap up. Cool. What would you consider to be your main talent? I don't think I had this growing up, but I think over the past, call it five or six years or so, I think I've developed an ability to kind of bring people together and keep them together, mm. especially in in more stressful times, whether it's, you know, running exercise with work or, you know, just whether it's through just kind of like my, my dorky personality or, or being able to kind of you know, keep us together under a common goal, whether it's, you know, let's finish this exercise or, you know, get home, you know, we're, we're out, you know, on the road somewhere. But that's something that, that I've, I've enjoyed doing, especially as I kind of climb the tier, you know, the, you know, the rank tiers and whatnot in the Air yeah. Force. And I've actually enjoyed taking these, these leadership roles because it's fun to me. It's, you know, well, you know, I enjoy being here. I enjoy keeping people together. So let's, let's find a way to, to, to kind of get it done ourselves does that make sense yeah 
Yeah, I think that's a superpower to be able to bring people. And it's together. it's it's something that, that not a lot of people like to do, and and people that do like to do it, they don't always do it well. And I'm not saying that I do, but it's I, and I don't even know why I enjoy doing it. It's just I, I think it's just a good feeling, just kind of being that glue that that keeps everyone together and kind of moving forward. Yeah, it's fun. Leadership is fun. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. That's great. And, and and we need people in this world that want to do it. One hundred percent, and do it well. <laughs> with the right intentions yeah <laughs> you know god some people are attracted to it just to boss people around and try to crazy yeah and that's not me not yeah. at all because like under leadership like it's it's not them serving me it's it's me serving them period that's how it is that's how it, that's how it is be. right it's it's not it's not me as as the boss or the ceo it's not well you know what can they do for me it's what can i do for them because without them there is none of this mm-hmm. i'm just I'm just the vehicle that's going to literally like, like the, the four wheeled vehicle that's going to get us there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. May not have been the best example, but that's what I got for it. <laughs> we'll stick with it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's, a, that's a really good one. I feel what like, about you? Um, I think mine is probably my ability to connect with people. I'm really proud mm-hmm. of the way that I can, find some relatability with pretty much anyone you know yeah. even if i couldn't disagree more with like their core beliefs and politics like i feel like i'm gonna sitting down with someone and talking to someone and like figuring out where our common ground is and still being able to connect um and not just completely writing someone off because they said something or you know stood for something isn't it crazy how much alike we are to almost everybody that we meet in some way shape or form yeah. It's, it really is true. Yeah. Not everybody, but almost everybody. Well, even like, I, I found through, because, you know, I'm a freaking liberal in the military, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to be able to sit down and have conversations with people that I disagree with. Otherwise, I would drive myself crazy. Yeah. But if, you, if you're willing to sit down and have a conversation with someone that you disagree with about why they believe what they believe, a lot of times the end goal that we want is the same or like the intentions that we have are the same, but we just have different vehicles of getting there. Right. We have different ideas of what we think would work to achieve the same end goal. Mm-hmm. So I like, and that in itself, like the intent, like I think this is a controversial statement, but I think generally people are very well intended mm-hmm. and I think people I agree. are at the core good. So I agree. You just got to, yeah, have be able to have conversations. It's like this idea of calling someone in instead of calling someone out. Like you just mm-hmm. gotta kind of shift the. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, calling someone in instead of calling them out. Yeah, like that's, I like that. Everyone should just be able to have a conversation about something. Yeah, and it's 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 easier than what people think. It really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I get like there's privilege in me saying that. Like I know I haven't suffered like the same ways that like maybe someone black in America has so I get that there's mm-hmm. certain sensitivities and like certain triggers and things like that that you have to keep into your awareness but generally speaking like me and my privileges like I, I feel comfortable and okay with having a conversation with someone um, and figuring out why they think that the way the way that they think and like this is why not to just go off on a tangent but like no I, have, I like this I like it <laughs> okay. I have a very like torn stance on cancel culture 
Okay. Because I do think, generally speaking, some people need to be canceled. Like, mm-hmm. I think that some people are just spouting out harm and mm-hmm. they're inciting harm. Like, I think violence incites violence, kindness incites kindness. So if what you're doing is, like, putting harm out into the world, like, yeah, get them off of the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't let them reach I'd agree place. with that. But in the same way, if someone makes a mistake, I think that they should be granted the grace to correct that mistake and talk about it or like this i feel really torn about people like going back 20 30 years into the archives in someone's Mm -hmm. life and saying well they said this 30 years ago so they're they're racist or they're Mm -hmm. insert whatever because like culture changes over time and what was acceptable to say 30 40 years ago in like broadly speaking oh yeah is no longer acceptable to say and i think we're moving in the right direction in those regards like we should be growing as a society but then like let us grow as these things come up like don't pull something from the archives when during a time where something was acceptable and Mm -hmm. cancel someone based off of that right yeah especially like because like the place that I got my haircut back home, it's more of like an old, like, like, like Western farm kind of, kind of feel. And it's obviously people that, that are very much on, on, on the conservative side Yeah. and great people that they, they, they are. And I was, I was talking to the one guy the one time and we were talking about how, like, it wasn't really slavery. It was just more like, like how things have changed whatnot. And, and he was just talking about how, like, you know, back in the day, you know, or no, what it was because we were watching we we're watching a basketball game mm-hmm. and how you know a lot of players are are you know <clears throat> black but also very tall, and how like you know well you're not really gonna find a, a five foot seven you know white guy out, out on it just because they just aren't as as good as someone who's taller you know no matter the race of course but yeah. and then he kind of got in and talking how you know way back in the day of slavery you know you know they were kind of you know you know you know taller people were were were, were bred you know to to kind of keep them taller or whatnot and even just like. Even just thinking about just how the conversation just kind of happened, it just felt just so wrong. Just kind of thinking about it, but he didn't mean it in, in in like a racist way. That that just that's how the culture was back then. You know, back in you know the the early to mid fifty. No, well well before that. Sorry, yeah. um, but it just it just that's just how you know culture and times have changed. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. cultures change, and like people should be allowed to change and I Mm -hmm. think this whole like call in culture and have being able to have a conversation about it if you just immediately dismiss someone for something that they say without having a conversation like how is that allowing them to grow Mm -hmm. and also I think it's really dangerous to ostracize someone immediately because shame breeds shame Mm -hmm. and again I don't think Broadly speaking, I don't think you can shame someone into evolution. I think you need to, to the extent that you're able to, with your own experiences, like have grace with them, be able to have conversations and allow for them to grow. And like, you know, if they're just being a shitty person because they want to be a shitty person and they have no intention of growing or changing, fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cancel them. But if like they're well-intended and like someone fucks up and they didn't realize that and you call them in and say, hey, dude, you can't say that and here's why. And then that allows for them to like change and, and grow. And that's, I think, how we need to evolve as a society. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my controversial take on cancel culture. It's circumstantially good and yeah, bad. I agree with it. I, for the most part, I, th- I think cancel culture can be bad in a sense of people then now getting a voice. But again, like you were saying, you know, if, if on, on whatever side of the spectrum, you know, they're just inciting 
hate or, or problems in, in the society, then, well, you know, sorry, you're out. Yeah. But to cancel someone because they have a different opinion or a different point of view than you do, I don't think is correct. Mm. You know, because we need to be able to have these conversations and, and, and to learn. But the willingness on both sides of these people to have those conversations, those conversations is also important too. Yeah. You know, because if I was just out just being a jerk, just spewing whatever I thought, you know, that was controversial and say someone, you know, like yourself, who's always willing to have that, that, that conversation, you know, want to have it. But if I didn't, then, well, you know, I'm just kind of that problem child online now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to say, just like put this out there because I know like I have, you know, black friends that are mm. so over having to educate you know, yeah. white people and mm. on certain and things. And I get that. Like mm. if you're just exhausted and you feel like, you know, why should I have to keep explaining myself and just, and like trying to educate people instead of them taking the self accountability and like, I don't know, take the initiative to learn. Like I, I totally get that. I'm not saying like you always have to be willing to have the conversation, but I think broadly speaking, we should have that mindset of let's have a conversation about it. Let's just have the conversation. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, we went, we, that was a good one. <laughs> we covered a lot here. So let me just transition us to the wrap up here. Dan, this is the end of the podcast. And my final question for you is what is, give me a simple joy today. Going to the coffee shop we went to was good. I haven't been to that one in a, in a while. And as a, a coffee fan, to put it lightly, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, it was nice to go check out somewhere new. So I would have to say that. Oh, it's my little God. Things. It is the little things. And even just like walking to the coffee shop is really nice. Yeah. Also, in the intro, I totally somehow left out that you have your own coffee business. So can we talk about that for a second? Can you plug yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I, I've been roasting coffee for the past... Almost four years now. I started here when I lived in Buffalo and <clears throat> haven't really built it into anything except for the last nine months or so. So I started Squadron Coffee about nine months ago in the interest of marketing it towards military and civilian aviation because everyone in, in the aviation industry loves coffee. I love coffee. And it's something that just keeps us awake through through all of our all of our, you know, day-to-day business, whether you're a pilot or you know, throwing bags in, in, into the airplane or, or in a ma- uh, maintenance technician, you know, wh- whoever you are, you know, we're, we're here for you. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, that's a little bit about the business. It's still brand new, still working on it. Um, and it, my, my plan is for it to grow in, in, into a, into a very nationally and globally known coffee roastery. And that's at squadron dot, dot coffee on Instagram. That's a website. Um, we're also on Facebook as well. Yeah, so go give him a follow. I just placed my first order and got it a week ago, two weeks ago. And it's great coffee. And Thank I you. love the mug. Good, <laughs> yeah. good. I, I love the whole, the aviation branding. You know, I think it's very specific and unique and I love it. I'm here for it. So good. Especially if you love aviation or if you're one of my military friends, go give him a follow. Squadron Coffee. Um. Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Let's this get, has been fun. We'll get you back uh, sometime in 2024 and we can maybe talk some politics and candidates. That be good. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, yeah, that'd be good. We'll get both sides of yes. presidential candidates. I know I'll learn a ton from you. 
Yeah, probably likewise, because I'm not going to research the Republican candidates as much as I'm going to learn about the Democrats and probably vice versa. I don't know I, how, how deep you go into it. Not not so deep, but I would say <clears throat> going into this year, I need to understand both equally. That's I really do. actually probably a good perspective. Right now, I feel really bleak mm-hmm. <laughs> about everything. <laughs> yeah, we have an obligation to, to, to know what's going on. Yeah. In in our politics. And if if it's not nationally, it's it's locally. It's mm-hmm. here in Buffalo or here in Wheatfield, wherever you are, it's 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 getting involved. That's where and that's where the majority of your power as a single civilian is, is local politics. Absolutely. I that's like the one thing I want to instill instill. And I I still need to be better about educating myself on all local politics and like state level. I could be better about that, but like understanding that that is where your power is is like the first step. That is huge. Sure is. But I've been avoiding politics mostly on this, but like you feel like the right person to get political with here. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. That's funny. Gotta have both sides represented. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we'll have you back, and we'll talk presidential election in twenty twenty four. I'd be excited be fun. for that. Yeah, definitely. All right, to you, the listener. Thank you so much for tuning in on another episode. You know where to find me each week, every Tuesday, at Porch Club Podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, and Instagram. Until next week. PCP out.